Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hood's turn for Anthony Modest. Royce. Not a bad idea. Hey, welcome back to the BVB podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. And I, I think maybe we kind of called this just the uh, the up and down, up and down. We've been on a down for a little bit now. So happy to be on an up. Yeah, we're on an up. <laughs> Besides that, how are you doing? Three clean sheets in a row. Oh, I'm great. I'm great now. <laughs> After yesterday, securing a spot in the knockout stage. I, I'm, I'm very happy. How about you? Doing pretty pretty good. And it, it's nice and sunny. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's, it's kind of warm. Um, just, who cares about that though? I mean, we can just talk about Dorman because uh, it's pretty. It's pretty fun to talk about at this moment. Uh, we actually got a lot of Twitter questions too, which usually I feel like we get a lot after a loss because that's when people are like out with their pitchforks. But yeah. a lot of positivity, so a lot of questions, um, which we will get into. We're gonna uh, maybe throw in some Twitter questions throughout while we're talking. We'll see if we can sneak those in there, and we'll cover more later. Um, talking about the the draw against City, moving on to the round of sixteen for the Champions League. We are locked in, and then but let's start with. 5-0 win against Stuttgart on the weekend. Uh, and, I mean, pretty pretty great start to that game. I mean, a nice start to the weekend when we, we start like that. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, a clean sheet, it's always great. I think you and I both were expecting a narrow win here. I was, even though it's Stuttgart at home, I was, and they've only had one win this entire season so far, I was still pretty pessimistic, I guess, just because, again, it, this team is pretty great at not building any momentum whatsoever after big results. But looks like maybe... Maybe the tides are slowly turning on that. So, yeah, 5 0 win against Stuttgart. Came out of this one with a 4 2 3 1. Pretty much what we've been seeing in recent weeks with uh, all, playing all three center backs and Hummels, Schlutterbeck, and Sule, and Guerrero partnering back, and Kobo, of course, being back in goal. And you have the holding midfielders in Ozchan and Bellingham, excuse me. And then the front three of Brandt, Adeyemi, and Reyna, and then up top, Mukoko. Yeah, it was, uh, I was really excited to see Gio get the start. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still just slightly concerned. And I know, I feel like Dortmund's been doing a good job of easing him into it. Yeah, and they I have. think that because they put such an emphasis on it. We've been hearing it from them that they are easing him into things. And of course, we saw the injury with the USMNT. So I'm still on this like concerned level, almost like a concerned parent or something, because I'm a huge Gio fan, USMNT wise. Yeah. Dortmund-wise, um, I mentioned it before, but just for anyone who who is new here, quick shout out and thank you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. I, when I was mentioning the Twitter questions and everything, I meant to just say thank you to everyone who connects with us on mm. social media throughout the games and in between episodes. It's the best way to interact with us for the episodes too. Um, but if you haven't heard like how I got into Dortmund, that's Geo is a big part of it. So I'm a massive Geo fan. Excited to see him in. I think he played an excellent role. He's just, he's just so good. And so it's exciting to see him get a lot more time in this game. Um, we, we did have another surprise out injury. It was Mollen out with a cold this time around. I did see someone on Twitter mention before the game, like, I really think Mollen's going to, this is going to be the game where he like, <laughs> he kicks it into gear and he really does something. And I'm like, nope, he's the surprise injury no, no. Uh, or out this time. And then Wolf, we did see Wolf back in the lineup, um, which was good to see too. 
Yeah, but if I'm not wrong, I don't think Wolf actually saw the field until the... Oh, excuse me. No, he did come in with a few minutes left. I forgot about that. Came in about the 80th minute, but he's been out for a while and it seemed like he was sick with some infection and it was Mm -hmm. taking a while to recover. So I just thought it good that, well, I mean, we need the depth. Um, We talked about a lot last week. So good to have him back on the bench at least. Yeah. Easing him back in as well. So the first 10 minutes or so, it's pretty wide open actually. And, you know, we obviously have a lot more quality than Stuttgart. So we were able to put our chances away. But I don't want to say that, you know, we were defending really excellently because Stuttgart had two chances. One of them, I mean, neither of them were huge, but one of them was pretty decent here in the first 10 minutes. Well, I mean, you can't just skip over our goal in the first. No, no, no. But I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. So, of course, we uh, we, uh, not even a few minutes in, we got our goal. It was a very well-worked team goal. Lots of players involved. Quick switch of play and a nice finish from Jude. It's his first Bundesliga goal since January of this year, and a lot of commentators that have been shitting on him lately have been saying, you know, he hasn't scored since January in the Bundesliga. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. And of course, again, he's not an attacker, and he has been scoring goals. It's just been in the Champions League. So, yeah, again, very well-worked team goal. And all, all the goals were pretty much today were very well-worked, and uh, again, a lot of players involved. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I, granted, th- they did get some chances here and there, like you mentioned, first 10 minutes was a bit back and forth. What I did... Like in this game, though, and I, I told you before we started recording, like I was looking back at my quote-unquote notes, I hardly took any this game because it was so, like we just were scoring so much that I was just excited and I didn't want to like get on my phone because I was just enjoying it so much. My one note is in the first like two minutes when we got the goal and then I skipped ahead to half. I forgot to take notes on everything in between. Um, and that's basically it. The second half, I didn't take any notes. But uh, what I did like, maybe our our, our defense wasn't, as solid as what we would like to see, they still broke through and had a couple chances. But our like our high press and pressure up the field was really good. I felt like we were winning the ball a lot in uh, more advanced positions, which gave us mm-hmm. all those opportunities. And we got to see our really good, like the the clean Dortmund one two quick passes that we love to see. Yeah. And lately, we haven't seen enough of it, but we saw it in this game. Um, which Some was glimpses great. here and there, yeah. absolutely. And yeah, like I mentioned before, so the I think one of the bigger chances that Stuttgart had in this game was right at the beginning from uh, Thiago Thomas, who could have done better with his chance. He got, just kind of had a little bit of a tough angle and uh, could have squared it across goal for arguably a tap-in, but he went for goal and Koble was there to collect the pieces. And then we go up 2-0 just a few minutes after that from a very good set piece from Guerrero and an even better finish from Sule. I mean, that was that was a striker's finish from, from uh, Sule. It was great. Oh, on great, the volley. Yeah, great strike, opened up his hips, kept his eye on the ball, made good contact, and yeah, right off the bat, he's got an assist and a goal in the first 12 minutes. Yeah, and I have to cop it because last week on the podcast, which I, I tweeted out, I, I copped it on Twitter too. Yeah, you did. I put it out there that yeah. on the podcast last week, I said, uh, obviously, because <laughs> we were talking about him playing the, the right back position, mm-hmm. it's good that we kind of have the depth and a good defensive player to put in that right back position, but then we lose our depth with our center backs, yeah. um, obviously we can rotate out uh, if we need to rotate those guys out. But it's not like we have a go-to center back on the bench. Um, but what I what I mentioned is like he, he's great defensively in that right back position, but he doesn't give as much going forward. Um, and then he proved me wrong in the first twelve minutes, which is great. I'll take it all day. Like if you're yeah. producing like that, he, bring he it just, on. He I'm just, happy to be wrong. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> a different kind of right back almost when he's playing more on the outside. Not to skip too far ahead to Man City, but I mean, just the passes that he can provide going forward is just not something that Munier can do. I mean, Munier is a solid crosser. Don't get me wrong, but uh, just these progressive passes that can really open up the lines and 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 
you know, uh, get people a chance to make good runs up the field. I think that's what Sule can just really help bring to our team when he's playing the right back position. But yeah. Well, real quick though, I will mm-hmm. say, I think that's the benefit of having this, like he has this center backs vision mm-hmm. um, where they are used to looking at those long balls that they can make and those balls that they can ping around yeah, I agree. to where, when he's in that right back position, cause you mentioned in the man city game, one of our best chances was this through ball that he sent to Adeyemi, mm-hmm. but then crossed it into Makoko, who unfortunately missed. We probably should have that. We'll talk about that later. But like that, that ball was great compared to maybe like if it's a fullback like Munier or Guerrero, you they're pushing forward with the ball and they might not be looking at those options all the time. So it's good that, yeah. that he has that kind of different vision that opens up those kind of plays, which I think we've been seeing and it's been awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And overall, I mean, with the with the the played style that we had going today, I think I think it was very solid. It was, but it was very simple football. I, I mean, if you go back to the summer, I remember watching an inside training video from uh, back in the preseason, and Terzik was stressing on the pitch during that training session that he wants the team to play successful football and not sexy football. And I think he was kind of referencing to, of course, we like the one-two touches and everything, but the back flicks and everything can sometimes catch us out of position, and and we can kind of concede a goal that should be or that is very unnecessary. So. I think he's really stressing on keeping things simple, letting the ball do the work, and I think that's what we saw a lot of here in the game against Stuttgart. And, you know, playing simple football is not as easy as it sounds, and it doesn't even sound all that easy. I think there's like a quote from Cruyff, if I'm not wrong, who says, playing football is very simple, but playing simple football is one of the hardest things there is. And, again, I think the team really worked well together in that sense of, you know, building these combinations. I mean, we mentioned it before, but the work rate is there with the squad. Players are supporting each other. Mukoko is learning to drop a bit deeper and help uh, with the buildup and doing much better each game with keeping his head up and not being so, you know, more selfish on the ball compared to, you know, in recent, I don't, recent year or so, but which is valid criticism, but the kid's only 17 and he's, mm-hmm. he's growing immensely, not just physically, but just his intelligence on the ball, you know, a lot more maturity in his game on and off the ball. For the first half specifically, right before mm-hmm. halftime, we saw, we, we go up 3-0 with Reyna getting his first goal in, I, I think it was... I, it was over 400 days. I think it was like 421 days. But um, I just want to remind people that that's not necessarily because he's been in bad form. He's obviously had so many injuries that's kept him out for so oh, right long. Now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But to see that goal and his reaction and emotion, I already went off on why I love Reyna, but oh, that was, it was so good to see. And just for the context of the game, too, to go through up right before the halftime. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thankfully, again, we're not putting the game to bed early, I guess, with three goals, but still really making a statement out here and, and giving a good response from the previous weeks, which is really is really great to see. Uh, second half, Stuttgart having arguably the best chance right out of the gate with two big misses in a row and the, as the ball just kind of floats across goal. I forget who was attempting a bicycle there, but he missed, and then it poked right up to one of their other attackers who missed an open header. It might have been... Uh, Garassi, if I'm saying that correctly, but man, that we were kind of looking like deer in headlights there, and they had an opportunity to bag one back, but just got lucky with them missing their opportunity, which again, I think they just, Shukart didn't really come out to play this game, and on top of, and there are very small glimpses of them having any sniffs of goal, they just didn't have the quality to even really test us. Mm-hmm. There, there's not going to be like us, <laughs> there might not be like one solid answer for this, but do you think we can look at this and be like, great, these are the th- all the things we did great, or do we have to like take a step back a little bit and not get too excited because maybe a matter of Stuttgart not being playing that well either? Yeah, I, I really do think. I mean, this was a very good performance. Don't get me wrong, and and arguably it's the best ninety minutes of football we've played in a very long time, even going back to last season. But 
I think we could do a lot better though. And and Stuttgart again didn't really come out to play, so there wasn't really much of like a competition for us to kind of match. I think it was just easier for us to kind of walk work the ball around the field. But again, we can do better. There's some positives to build off of. Um, right after they missed their big chance that I was just mentioning with the missed bicycle and the header, we did put the game to bed right after that by Bellingham's great finish, finessed it just outside of the box. He has two goals now. And again, I don't want to hear anyone else saying he doesn't score in the Bundesliga. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely been a... I mean, you hear people talk about it a lot. We, we can talk about Bellingham for a second because obviously he's been scoring in the Champions League um, and we're not going to get into transfer saga, which will come way later in the season. Mm. But I've heard the argument like, oh, he's stepping up more in the Champions League because more of more European eyes are on him and then maybe he's a little more lax in the Bundesliga. I, I, I think it's we're playing... Stylistically, we're playing a little different. Um, I, there might be a little more motivation, but I don't think that's the reason. It's just he's more motivated overall, and like you mentioned, he's not he he's not an attacker. Like no. he's our eight. He's like a, a a midfielder who he's not a cam necessarily. Yeah, I don't think and whoever's saying that is really just not watching him the man play. I mean, obviously he's doing pretty much, and I'm not even exaggerating, pretty much anything you could think of that a footballer does. Uh, besides scoring. I mean, everything, yeah. everything. He, he's putting it, he's doing the dirty work that a lot of players don't want to do. He's setting up his other players for success around him. I mean, there's a reason why he's the third string captain right now. I mean, he's an influencer. And I don't think, I, I, I guess looking at that Champions League where you've seen where he's getting most of the goals, but looking at his goal, the first goal, which was in the first, yeah. in the second minute of this game, um, I mean, it's, it kind of started with him, or he created this one-two with Sule and then put it away. So in games, you're seeing him kind of grab the game uh, or taking control of it and, and, like you said, putting in the work. And maybe, I don't know if it's it's us not being 100% clicked on in the in Bundesliga games. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is a part of it because what we've talked about, the frustrations that we've seen and maybe just getting the 1-0 wins. And so it's, it's more of maybe he hasn't had the opportunity because... Overall, as a team, we haven't been playing great in the Bundesliga. Yeah. So I'm not like, I don't want, yeah, I don't think anyone be, should be sending hate at him because you can't just look at him and say, oh, well, he hasn't scored in the Bundesliga yet. It's like Dortmund has not been playing that great in the Bundesliga. Yeah. And he also only scored three last year too. So it's it's not like he was bagging in, you know, double figures and goals last year. So I'm not really sure what people are expecting of him. Yeah. Does, I, it just doesn't make much sense to me. And while we're on this, we might as well jump into uh, this question from Zaheen, uh, who said, currently Jude Bellingham is our top goal scorer with eight goals across all competitions. Is that, does he have eight? Is it, I guess, some Pokal goals? I know he has obviously two in the league now. He has... Four, four in, in the Champions, Champions League. League. And he does have probably. one in the Pokal. Okay. Yeah. Um, eight goals across competitions. Makoko second with four goals. Um, is it normal that a midfielder can be the top scorer or or are we uh, we don't have any forward that can do the job? So, I mean, maybe we can touch on, touch on Makoko a little bit if you want to. He, of course, got a goal in this game. But as far as a midfielder leading our, our goal scoring, mm-hmm. it's obviously not ideal. I think we have seen the, the lack in our attackers and obviously we t- touched on that preseason too it's like losing Holland we're losing a ton of goals and we need a striker to come in and kind of take control but you also go back to we have not been performing to the the best mm-hmm. of our ability and what we need to see so it's definitely not normal and it's definitely not what we want to rely on but it's good that we have him stepping up and doing the work we just need to haven't fully figured out the system I think of course, yeah, and, and I think we're trying different things. We we tried with Haller so far, 
You know, we're still waiting for him to come back. Modest is obviously not working out. So at some point, of course, we're not clicking, but you also have to look that like, man, there's constantly personnel that's just not available at their disposal. It's it's hard to really build any sort of momentum for a striker when you're constantly picking and poking at the starting lineup for who's going to be the focal point of attack. Although in recent weeks, starting really with the Cologne game, if I'm not wrong, that Mukoko has kind of solidified his spot as the man moving forward. And rightfully so. I think he's proved that he's definitely worthy of being that man at the moment. And I mean, I've already touched him on already, but I mean, the man who's, and he's, he's slowly becoming a better striker overall and not just a finisher. I mean, again, he's, he's dropping deeper to start and finish these buildups. I mean, that fifth goal was a great team goal all around, but he set that up and then finished it at the same time with Guerrero. And he's, and he's booking more unselfish game by game. He's keeping his head up and I'm here for it, man. We're all excited for Mukoko for, in that sense. On the the selfish note, because we've definitely seen it, and I think you still see it here and there, where there's definitely chances where it's like, oh, he should have dished that off. There's I don't remember if it was the Stuttgart or the Man City game, mm-hmm. um, but there's definitely chances where he should dish it off. But also, that's what you want to see from your striker, because you don't want them to get almost like complacent and or just not confident, you know? Yeah, not confident. wanting to like take you, things for themselves. You yeah, you want them to take chances because that's that will help them build confidence, and he, it's going to go in. Like eventually, it's going to go in. Yeah. And you, you want players on the bench to say, like, I can do this. I can go on the field and actually score for you. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. So, I, yeah, I, I think it's all will just the At growth. 17. Will, <laughs> yeah, the growth will keep. It'll, it's, it'll be a, a, a active progression um, that I, yeah, it, it's exciting. It's exciting to see. He was kind of a mystery coming into this. Like, we, mm-hmm. we know that he's super talented, mm-hmm. but we have never seen, like, the fully put together thing. And he's not there yet. No. But... And he's not, it could be a, a few years. Cause like you said, he's 17, but to see what we've seen already has been awesome. Uh, and it's really exciting. And just on the, back to the Jude thing really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still fairly early in the season. I know we're, we're into it enough to where like the table is starting to shape out and the table's looking, anyone who wants to rag on Bundesliga. I mean, you're not listening to this podcast if you're ragging on Bundesliga, yeah. but man, it's great. It's so, it it's such a tight competition and we kind of, we, we saw this, or we didn't see this, but it, there was a lot alluding to, oh, if Lewandowski leaves, is this going to open up? Or like, we were hopeful, like, oh, that means we're going to win. Mm-hmm. But it, it honestly has. It's kind of opened up the Bundesliga a little bit. And obviously, there's more to that because we've been seeing Union Berlin, like, performing really well. Yeah. But it's just, it it's really exciting. And back to the Jew thing, um, it is, it's good that he is scoring so much. It's good that he's our leading goal scorer and we haven't figured it out yet because it's early when we figured it out. That that's even better because we need we we can't just rely on one player we can't just rely on a striker to score all the goals we need the goals to be spread out um, so I, I just see that as a positive that he's doing that now already um, and he's leading the way when we need it and hopefully when we get stuff figured out mm-hmm. when Makoko really kicks on or we had a question about Allaire which maybe we'll get into later but like it, it's just it's just a positive yeah. And and to wrap up with Jude, I want, again, I wanted to talk or touch on his leadership. It's not just, you know, him being super vocal and everything and uh, all that aside. Again, I think leadership really comes down to two big things of one, being an influence around the other people around you. I mean, he's giving a lot of people confidence to go and be the best player or best versions of the players that they want to be around him. And also, I mean, he's setting up people for success in any way he can. I mean, against the City game too, I don't want to jump too far ahead, uh, but... I mean, he's constantly looking at different ways to set up Adeyemi to, you know, let him exploit his pace and 
you know, use that to the best of his ability. He knows how to get other players around him working in the in the ways that they want. And that's mm-hmm. and that's what a leader is. That's what a leader does. Yeah. Um so we talked I mean we quickly touched on the Makoko goal on this one. Is there anything else from Stuttgart? Do you want to move on to Man City? Jump into anything else? Uh not the best homecoming for Zagadu. Um I already touched on uh you know Reina scoring for the first time in 421 days if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Uh yeah, it looks like again we're slowly getting some people back. It's, it's a great to get a clean sheet. It was a fun goal fest. Uh it's, hopefully we can build some momentum on the city cuz Again, I thought we performed well, but I think we could do better. And I was thinking, man, you know, it just doesn't mean too much if we're going to go to City and just crash and burn again. Yeah. You know? uh, there was the, the ch- or they had a goal. It was pulled off offsides, but it was, it almost spoiled it a little bit because yeah. um, the clean shoot was gone for a second. And then luckily there was the offsides, which was, I, I don't, don't recall completely, but I feel like it was pretty close. Yeah. Um, but hey, we'll, we'll take it and we'll take the clean sheet, which is, uh, Good, good on Cobalt. He didn't have as much to do this game, but mm-hmm. good. He needed a little rest after the last he, one. <laughs> we, yeah, I was to say, sure as hell did a lot in the City game, too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, so, yeah. uh, so let, you want to jump into City? Yeah, let's do it. Which uh, definitely was a bit of a strange lineup. It was one of those ones where I'm like, what? how are we lining up? There's a some banter going on Twitter before the game, which I always love. I always love being scared and confused and hyped on Twitter with everyone. So like I said, if you want to follow us, that'd be great. Uh, the BVB pod. Um, so this lineup was, I, I guess you're, you're, before we saw the lineup, did you know, have any idea how we were going to line up? I really, I really didn't. Especially when I saw Hazard in there too. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, I was, <laughs> this is, I was really confused. Even, real- even I was like, okay, maybe we're playing this back three, but I was like, but that still doesn't make sense. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think it kind of fluctuated throughout the game. Oh, definitely. I think, so we'll run through the lineup and so I'm just going to read off what Fop Mob says, but it was yeah. definitely a, like it, it morphed when we were um, holding defensively. We kind of had this back five going on and then in the attack, we were more of a back four. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, it was weird, but it worked and that like, I'll, I'll take it. Um, and we had some questions about that. So we'll, we'll, we'll mention that too. But so we had Sule, Hummels and Schlotterbeck, Schl- <laughs> Schlotterbeck yeah. um, and Hazard as our back four. With Hazard as a as a left back, and then we had Bellingham, Chan, and Brant in the center three, kind of wherever they were. We had Adeyemi and Reyna and Mokoko as like attackers slash wide players. Slash Adeyemi was also a right back for the majority of this well, game. Well, that was too. like I when mean, we were was, like a back five. He was yeah, yeah, but I would argue like a good amount of this game, Adeyemi and Hazard were literally full backs. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It wasn't even it wasn't even much of like wing backs, but they were just putting in that work as actual defenders. And man, who would have ever thought that we would have actually gotten a clean sheet against the best team in the world with arguably the best striker in the world? And to shut them up and and to keep and to keep Holland quiet. I mean, like yeah. He got he got barely any touches on the ball, so I think this was our best performance this season, in, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, of course we didn't get the win, of course we didn't score, but man, I mean, talk about just being extremely well drilled. All of every single uh, one of those players was mentally switched on, ready to go, ready to go out and get an actual result out of this, and not just you know lie down and hope for the best. I mean, Bellingham was saying in the post match interview that. Uh, you know, he said there's different things that you could take away from this game, but overall we're happy because we wanted to, we were here to get to the next round and we've done it. Yep. And he also went on to praise Coble and their relationship. Again, being an influencer, being selfless, lifting up others around him. I love the unity within the squad and the attitude to go and get a win here. Um, 
I forgot to mention Koble on goal, so it's not just Meyer that I'm forgetting about. I forgot <laughs> our goalie completely, so obviously he was in goal. Um, did you see the the video of him in Holland after the game? Like I Holland, did. Yeah, yeah, it was so good to see. Yeah, so that, was, awesome. that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, right off the bat, we we there. I know in the third minute, like we had a decent chance in transition where Brant won the ball. Love to see Brant. We didn't talk about Brant in the last game, but I think he's. Again, proving he, everyone wrong. He has proving not, all the haters wrong. Yeah. It's not us. Not us. Not us. We're, we're brand we're boys. Brand, we're brand boys since day one. <laughs> Go uh, back into the show. Day one, baby. It, so on Brandt and what we saw in the Stuttgart game and in this game, and I know last week I, I said, I think I said Brandt was great. Maybe it was someone else. And when, even though maybe the whole team, no one was great, but I still, Brandt was a, a bit of a standout. He hasn't been getting the assists, hasn't been getting the goals lately, but I think all his passing on the in between and his like transitional play and like every everything he's he does to build everything else yeah. has been great and I've I've been loving it and I just think he deserves a lot more credit than what he's probably been getting oh yeah but it's because he's not racking up those stats like an assist and goal but, I'll but he's you, been doing so much other stuff oh yeah absolutely I mean he was always ready to progress the attack I mean he was also someone who was just mentally switched on the entire game he was super sharp and ready to go every time he got the ball. He closed down spaces in the midfield. The man had nine recoveries and against City alone. I mean, he's really, really done a full 180 on the player he was a year ago under Rosa. I mean, the man has such a high work rate now. He wants to give his all for the team. I mean, everything he's been criticized for in the past few years, which a lot of the time, rightfully so, he's identified and addressed in his game this season. There was, Cannot get enough of Brand. Love it. There was one point, I don't know what minute it was in the game, but it was another him like winning the ball deep in our half, like kind of just outside the 18. Um, and it, it just the announcer saying, Brant, good on the tackle or whatever. I was like, when, when, when would you think you would have heard that? Yeah, like, yeah, but great. Yeah. And then again, quick transition out of that to work, to work the ball up the pitch. Um, we got to see, I mean, Adi Yemi, we, we talked about Adi Yemi and maybe his decision-making, um, but what, where the advantage was like his, his just pace. And we've talked about mm-hmm. that too, but, I think Brandt and him working together, or Bellingham too. I mean, you saw a Bellingham, lot of yeah. a lot of good yeah. build up play, and just Adiemi was looking pretty dangerous on that right side. He was Cancelo like got an early yellow card, yeah, um, just because Adiemi was like running past him and he had to pull him back. Uh, it was like in the seventh minute, so I was like pretty excited about that because obviously last week saw Man City draw Copenhagen mm-hmm. and they had an early red, and both their fullbacks got early yellow cards. So that's mm-hmm. something I was looking for and hoping for. Um, but he got subbed off at the half. But yeah, I think he was causing problems for Cancelo on both ends. Like you said, really solid defensively yeah. for Adeyemi and going forward too. So funny to say Adeyemi being defensively solid. But <laughs> I mean, Hazard too, though. Everyone, defend, everyone defended really, really well this game. We limited City's best chance there in the entire first half to a free kick with just seconds to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have a second, they didn't have a shot on target until the penalty. And. I mean, everyone just pulling their weight, staying organized. God, can we talk about Hummels for a second, too? I mean, he had one of the best performances since being back in a Dortmund shirt these past three years. I mean, it's, he absolutely bossed our defense and kept Holland quiet as a mouse, man. I mean, Holland, I mean, not Holland. Hummels had five blocks, two interceptions, three recoveries, and six clearances. Um, shout out to, we did get the Twitter question from Matza at Hummelsino, who is definitely a Hummel's stand account, but hey, they listen and <laughs> they're always interacting with us on Twitter, which is great. And not not just because hum, Hummel's had a great game, but they're they're usually sending in questions. So just asking our opinion on Hummel's in this match. I'll say it: this match and every match we've talked about it before. I think he's been our best center back, and we look better 
say we're we're in a back four when it's Hummels and insert Sule or mm-hmm. Slaughter back. Like he, we we've talked about the the competition and bringing these two guys in is going to make Hummels work more. And, it, yep. and we've seen it. Yeah. We, yeah, we've heard that he's working a lot better on his a lot working a lot more on his nutrition yeah, and his, his fitness. Yep, just to step up because you know he has to. And it's been. He's it's, been so good. He's been phenomenal. I love him. It's 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 been his best season since being back in black and yellow. And man, just to keep Holland completely quiet and Schlotterbeck too. It wasn't just Hummels keeping Holland quiet either. I mean, Schlotterbeck did a fantastic job of defending as well. I mean, he had a great he had a lot of a lot better passes or a lot more passes as well than Hummels. Um man, just those those two working off each other. And and, and you could plug Sule in the same way. They're all making each other better by competing against each other week in and week out and you know fighting for that spot of who's going to be the partner this week it's it's a good problem to have for a coach Mm -hmm. i i felt like this game watching hummels and in holland i i felt like this is almost like hummels being like the dad like no yeah not today no not today kid no no which was was nice i was a little concerned foden is always just such a dangerous player and i was pretty concerned with him like running at um Sule, but also mm-hmm. stand up. And I mean, you throw Adiemi back there who can match him for pace and yeah, all around such a, such but a good defensive performance. As a whole though, when city had the ball or when they were trying to make these attacks kind of closer to our third, I mean, they still weren't looking that dangerous. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we looked the more dangerous side and there was anyone that was going to score in that first half. It was going to be Dortmund and it's, it's really not even close either. I mean, every time we started being able to click and get those passes going, we, we kind of just, bled or cut right through them and again really defensively sound lovely plays from one end of the pitch to the other I mean these these build-up plays that were real quick Bellingham setting up Adeyemi to uh, use his pace I mean I, I loved it it was it was a it was a great half from us and we we outplayed City this first half yet again and I think that's yeah. been a constant for pretty much every meeting between us in the last like three years now if I'm not wrong or last few meetings between us and City, and we continue to dominate them in the first half minimum. Yeah, I, I w- so I, the, the only frustration is we, and I mean it's it's hard. I mean we're playing City, and and they're good at getting the ball back and holding possession. But in our transitions and just buildups, like I feel like we we definitely needed to be a little more clinical, um, and we we weren't obviously, and that that was the frustration. It's like we had we created a couple chances. But it seemed like there were a lot of moments where we kind of just gave the ball away too. Like mm-hmm. working on that transition, it's not easy to play in transition either. Um, but it's like uh, maybe not the right pass or not picking the the right option. Um, and so I, I I wanted us, and I wish we would have created a lot more and been a little more clinical. I've, obviously, it's easy to say that um, because we didn't see any goals, and there were chances there. But it's like I I think we we could have been even from what we've seen before, maybe even the first match against City. Um, and what we saw against Bayern in some instances too, it's like we we could be better. I think we still could have played better in the mm-hmm. attack in transition. Yeah, but to go against the city side and really just run them off the pitch that first half was was very impressive. I, I was very impressed that we were actually able to build momentum after the Stuttgart game and come out and compete against the side like that. I mean, I, I was nervous that and during halftime that you know City were going to come out and bag one goal off of their one shot on target and then kind of pack it in and try to get a result here or a win against us. But really, that wasn't much of either the case. I mean, the the game looked a little bit more stretched and a little bit more wide open the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half. But still, us making some good attacks, some good chances, and looking arguably the more dangerous side. 
rewind a little bit where you said playing him off the pitch. We literally played Holland off the pitch because yeah. he got subbed yeah, out subbed off. Yeah. <laughs> which later after the game, which I don't know how much, I, this is kind of feel like this might be a pep mind game thing where he's just throwing this out there because he's upset and being mm-hmm. pouty pep or whatever. Um, but he mentioned Holland because he, he gave way too, it seemed like he gave too many excuses. Like he, he said Holland had a knock. He was kind of sick and not feeling well and he needed to be rested. I was like, you pick one, man. Like, are you, <laughs> but at the same time, I, it wouldn't have surprised me. Like watching this, my first thought was like, oh, Holland's going to be mad that he got yanked at half. He didn't look too upset. So no. maybe there was some fitness thing or, or a heat sickness or whatever. But my also, a thought I also had was I wouldn't have been surprised if Pep told him beforehand, hey, I'm going to give you, let's see how this first half goes mm-hmm. um, because we know they're going to sit back and going to be hard to break down. So I might swap you out to change up the technique and strategy. So I, that's kind of my thought when he got pulled. It's like, and he didn't look upset because I, I don't know. I just thought Holland yeah. would really want to get a, a yeah. goal. And But we we closed, like we locked up those options and didn't give him a chance at all. So Yeah, and the, and the two games that we played against City, Holland only had one goal and didn't even play the full game in the second uh, leg. So a, a very good job. If there's anyone in, the, in Europe that I guess that can shut him down, it looks like it's going to be us at the moment. So I mean, kind of my worst fears came true at, towards, uh, uh, I think, I forget whenever we conceded the penalty in the second half, but just Chan with really poor defending. The second that he lunged in like that, I just kind of put my hands on my face and I was like, oh, it was Christ. So bad. And I knew this so, was going to happen. I knew it. It was so unnecessary because he, had, he was close enough that he could have closed him down. He could have got a shoulder on him. It's just lazy defending. Yeah. And it, also, I mean, maybe he didn't see it and I didn't see it till the replay, but it you still had, he had Slaughterback in like Azard, like right in there, packed in. Like the box mm-hmm. was still pretty packed. Granted, he might not have known that, but yeah, the the, the laziness and just mm-hmm. the lunging in. And it's like, you could have just got in there and put your shoulder on him, dude. Yeah. And it's just Chan. And, and he, didn't, he didn't make much contact with Mahrez, but it's still really poor defending. And it's it's still a penalty all day, unfortunately. And, and we've seen this before. We know how it goes of, I think Berkey saved maybe two three at the absolute most penalties in his entire tenure at Dortmund. So, you know, I figured they're going to probably bag this penalty here and and it's going to be really tough for us to build any sort of momentum after that. And then it's just going to be city drifting for the next 20, 25 minutes, but fucking Coble. <laughs> Woo. That was a dog shit penalty by oh, Mares, by the way. Penalty. It was, I it have, was not a great penalty. <laughs> the second I saw Mares step up, I thought it was an actual bit. I was like, man, I don't watch city much nowadays, but like, I cannot believe they're still putting Mares on penalties for how many times he skied them or just had horrible penalties in the in recent years. But he still steps up, and I was like, you know what? Now we at least have the tiniest of chances here. And who Cole else was in that Fernandez? Away. What's that? Uh, who else was in there to take the penalty? I mean, anyone could have taken it on City, yeah. but I've said it before. I don't like watching City, but I like mm-hmm. watching him now because Holland. But I still have that feeling like I only want to see Holland do cool things and good mm-hmm. things, but everyone else screw him so it's like i remember that the one where he skied it vividly um, i think they might have against liverpool yeah i think you're right and uh yeah because i think it could they could have won um anyways but yeah so good so good <laughs> i could not be- i could not believe it honestly i mean because again i Kobe, i mean berkey only saved two three penalties in those seven or eight years he that was here and, and Kobel's already made a few and just coming up huge again and i saw Muk- in the replay mukoko was kind of he was pointing to which direction he was going to go, and he was pointing to Kobol's right. So I wonder if Mukoko had a tell there, or just also players just sometimes just think it's going to be that one way, and they're like, oh, go to that way, go that yeah. way. But 
Kobo coming up big, man, and that obviously keeps us in the game. And but even the the follow up too, because it it fell yeah. to it fell to uh, Foden. Foden, and he still he got out there to clear that out too. Mm-hmm. Um, so not just the penalty, but the follow up was like that could have easily been a, a goal immediately. Yeah. yeah. So the penalty might not have been great, but Kobo all around, fantastic, fantastic. Kobo being Kobo, oh my I, gosh. If there's anyone out there that even thought about doubting him after his howler at Berlin, man. I mean, he's got the man's got three clean sheets in a row, and he's had close to a, easily a dozen saves in the last few games alone. So, I mean, he's just immense in in, in goal. I absolutely love Koble. Um, and then we did see a few more chances. Like the we we kept pushing. Uh, we did get a little back into it. There was there was some stints in this. Definitely the second half. There was like a stint. It felt like five to 10 minutes where we, I don't even think we touched the ball once. Um, but at the same time, they were just working the ball around and they could not penetrate or get anything mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause in that same stint, I don't think they got a shot off either. So I'll, mm-hmm. like, we'll take it, especially in like, we know we need a tie and I don't want to say we're playing for the, the draw, but against Man City and against uh, just be able to, to hold that solidity. Like, I mean, yeah. And yeah. can't ask for anything more acceptable. But. Yep. And and I was happy with most of the subs here. I was I was saying, you know, towards the middle of the second half, I was like, we could use a Wolf right now, maybe get Adeyemi some rest and bring on someone who could actually play right back as well. And Malin came on. Malin had five touches this whole well, game. Th- that was that's when we saw that stint. Yeah, yeah. Because when he came on, I was excited and immediately that's when it was literally like five minutes of just City with the ball. It, um, yeah, it might have been even more than that, but just still, I, I, the whistle blew at the 90th minute, and I was like, "Oh my God, Mullen's on the field!" I had no idea <laughs> after after him or seeing him come on. It's it's not his, the uh, best way to mark your 50th, 50th appearance. Appearance too. Wait, I gotta say because this happened. This happened with I, I, maybe Jude. Did Jude hit his hundredth? And like Royce hit two, like a big more than 200, probably, but a big milestone. I forget. Or maybe it was Guerrero mm-hmm. who hit 200th. The club needs to tell me this stuff ahead of time because I'm missing it. They'll put it out like the day after. I'm like, well, I should have been celebrating earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I um, guess on that one, maybe they were waiting because they didn't know if he was going to play or not. So that that makes it. They, they, the social team also doesn't know who's going to be secretly yeah. out the day of. So they got to hold on. Yeah, to they it, do got to hold guess. on. Uh, so, yeah, the, the towards the end of the game, it kind of the steam or the energy of the game kind of died out a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that didn't buy out one, or uh, die out, one last shout out I wanted to give is is the supporters in the stadium for keeping such an electric atmosphere persevering for all 90 minutes. I mean, it sounded exhausting to keep that kind of high energy up nonstop the entire game, especially since it was so incredibly tense. Like usually I'm someone that like can get pumped up at that whole time. Like my arms are crossed and I was just biting my nails like, yeah. Jesus, I don't know if we're going to pull it off. Yeah, so, you, yeah, huge shout out for the supporters, man. I mean, they they that place was bouncing the entire time. Yeah, I mean, you text me or not? I texted you yesterday, but mm-hmm. uh, during the game, and you said when you walked in, you were just like so tense watching <laughs> that game. And I was like, yeah, the first half, I was like just pacing, like mm-hmm. walking around my living room, just pacing. And the, the reason I didn't do that second half because I made some lunch and I was like eating, yeah, like, stress eating. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, besides the supporters, though, but those last. I don't know, 15 or so minutes, it looked like there wasn't going to be too much really from either side. I think City were kind of running out of ideas. And, and by that time, also, Terzic was just wanting to lock in the tie, get to the round of uh, 16 for Champions League. And that's exactly what we did. But I don't think that says anything to us not outplaying City. I mean, again, that's that's three clean sheets in a row. We had pretty much the exact same XG against City. And that was because of City's penalties. So really, we had more. 
they missed their penalty. Uh, we had more shots on target. We created more chances. We forced more saves. And the only thing that they quote unquote dominated by those English commentators was possession. Other than that, we, we ran City off the pitch. And I mean, how many times do you see that? You like you possession doesn't mean you won the game. Like, I mean, you can, how, go ahead. Uh, just say so many teams will control a game without the ball. Like it's it's a, it's just a I don't know. It's we, I feel like it's kind of common soccer knowledge. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> some we, people won't won't agree with that, but you don't need possession. You can control the game mm-hmm. just with your pressure. Yep. We I mean, we had twenty seven percent possession against Man City, and I still oh, think so we easily dominated. But but. Go back not even a calendar week when we were playing Union Berlin and they had 23% possession. And even though they were dominating us and running yeah. us off the pitch. So, yeah, I, for anyone who thinks that just because City had the ball for the most of the game that they actually should have won this game, that's a piss poor take. I didn't look at the... I could pull it up real quick. I'm not going to, but like the amount of passes, which was probably absurd for them, obviously, because... Yeah, it, it was insert actually. Hold on. I'm, I'm just thinking in that that like 10 minute stretch where all they were doing was just passing the ball back and forth, but not. City had 943 passes this game <laughs> as opposed to our 357. Oh my gosh. But again, that's, I, that's, I, uh, that's. They did not they do did. anything with it. They had their first shot on goal an hour plus into the game. I mean, uh, I mean, this, this is what we saw against Byron too. Yeah. And they got lucky with the shot that went in randomly, but. Yeah, and okay, let's jump into a Twitter question. I mean, do you have anything else? Because there is a Twitter question, I guess, kind of related to this. Like, no, I wanted... just wanted to state for the record that if there's anyone that should have scored that game, it should have been Dortmund. Yeah. And and, and we should have won that game, if anything, too. We, we definitely outplayed City. I don't care what anyone says. And that's not the first time we've outplayed them in recent years, too, and either. And they have Holland. We gave them Holland, and they still couldn't <laughs> score against us. I wish you would have played the full game. I, it would have been more satisfying if you played the full game when we got the same result. I was still extremely satisfied. I, 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 in fact, I find it even more satisfying that they were just like, shit, you can't do anything against this old side. Take him off. So the question's from uh, Andre Swan. says, looking at how defensively better they looked last night uh, in reference to the game we're recording on Wednesday. Yeah. Do you run the same formation to Frankfurt or do you go back to four at the back? Do you make changes if Rafa can play? That's yeah, that's that's a tough one. And I did see that and I was going back and forth because I, I had a friend who was like, man, who's watching the game against City yesterday and he's a United supporter. And he was like, man, you guys are looking really well organized and well drilled. And I was like, that's the funny thing is like we cannot do this against barely any Bundesliga side. And we play against the best attacking side in the world. And now we're just looking, you know, like an absolute wall. It's just a solid unit overall. So but I think that's really just coming down to Terzic knowing how to counterattack well, but I guess he's not really tactically competent in other areas. I w- so I would when say, we're going against a team that's not going to be constantly dominating us with possession, we're probably going to be looking a bit different. Yeah, and I think I've heard some, maybe the Premier League pundits talk about this, and so this isn't necessarily my thought, but I, I, I think I, I agree. Some people might argue with it, but I think it's it's almost easier to set up defensively because there's yeah, like yeah. less... I don't want to say less strategy, but it's true. Like there's not as, it's not like you're working on these crazy attacking patterns that mm-hmm. or plays like set plays almost or anyone can counter attack. Y- yeah. So, yeah. So this is, I guess the argument's like, do we take this and say, yeah, Terzic is a good coach. Cause he managed this game. Well, when this might be the, the easier, easier take on a game. Yeah. But I, but I mean, I don't, I also don't want to come off as I'm trying to take away from Terzic. Cause I, I, think he really nailed everything here from putting Hazard and Adeyemi as our wing backs and, and us still getting a clean sheet. I mean, that that definitely comes down to coaching. I'm just saying, 
it's gonna it's gonna look different against a different side whenever yep. you know the capacity and the quality of, of of Eintracht Frankfurt to Manchester City is is a pretty darn big gap. So I'm imagining Terzic is gonna look obviously a lot more attacking rather than I don't I don't think we sat in, but it's a, a bit more defensive and a bit more cautious on and off the ball. And in, I was actually watching Frankfurt versus Gladbach last weekend. Uh, Frankfurt beat Gladbach at home three to one, and you know, Frankfurt were able to catch Gladbach out of position on the counter a handful of times, especially early on. They defended well in the front foot. They were just a rock-solid block all around. I also noticed that they limited the involvement of Gladbach's pairing in Kone and Weigel. So they did a good job of, you know, kind of shutting out their defensive midfielders, controlling the midfield. They also scored from a set piece as well. So a lot of things that have been concerns for Dortmund for a while now are something that we're going to really have to take into account for this one. You know, we got a few days off here. Hopefully we can address those issues. Yeah. And to go back just briefly, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm ever like intentionally like talking shit on anyone and I'm not trying to like mm. belittle Terzic, maybe playing devil's advocate a little bit more. And, and to what I was saying, like, oh yeah, it's easier to set up defensively at the same time. Everybody does that against city and not everyone gets that result. Yeah, yeah. So there is a lot of credit to what he did. Of course. Um, and then, so, and, and to be able to do that, like, that's a positive to me. I'm not saying... I think I think the emphasis is just, again, anyone can counterattack. Anyone can sit in and then wait for those opportunities to catch someone on the break. Yeah. You know? And, and I think... Rather than trying to break down a low block. Him being able to manage that game, and we I think we saw this better this time with the substitutions, and I mean, granted, like, we saw Papadopoulos come on. Like, we, when yeah, yeah, we, we need to throw... Like, we don't have a ton of options. Um but him being able to manage that gives me more hope that he's going to figure out the rest of it. Yeah. Like this is one aspect you have to figure out and he did it. He's done it great a couple times. Um, and that gives me hope for the future and maybe when we want to play more attacking. Yeah. But against Frankfurt, so I guess we're this kind of our preview. We'll do our predictions later, but yeah. we're vaguely previewing Frankfurt right now. Uh, they are a team that's going to sit back. So we're. I don't think we're going to sit back. I think we're going to see us play progressive um, against more of the Bundesliga teams. I think that's mm-hmm. how we're going to set up. I don't think the answer is to, let's just be a defensively sound side mm-hmm. now, because that's that's just... Or a defensive-minded side. Defensive-minded you know? side. I just don't think that's going to work or what we need to do against the other Bundesliga teams. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's the complete opposite of what we're usually doing week in and week out. Usually we're the ones that are trying to break down these low blocks. So. Yeah. But I don't... Yeah, I think Frankfurt, again, I mentioned before that they, they defended well from the front foot. They defended well from the front in general and, and they're having their attacking players doing the a good amount of pressing. Again, they were able to catch Gladback out and I think that can sometimes happen with us as well with how many attacking-minded players we have coming out of the back. I mean, you can go down the list of our wingback. Schlotterback kind of pokes up from time to time. Bellingham. Chan gets up. Really the only holding midfielder that we have that usually sits back, if you look at the average positions, is Ozchan kind of sitting back between the two uh, center halves. So, again, I think Terzic has just got a lot of homework to do still. And two big results, super happy we're into the round of 16, but it doesn't end here. And we have another huge match on the weekend to, you know, climb back up the table where we should be. Yeah, and t- there was the one other part of that question is, does Rafa come back in? Abs- absolutely. I I think he had, I guess this, I forgot that, in the presser the day before the game, I forgot that he was a maybe and some of the other players were a maybe. So when mm-hmm. I saw him out, I was like, what is going on? And I don't I don't know if I know exactly what was... Did he just have a little, little knock, do you know? I, I don't, besides just yeah, some sort of freak thing that happens every week with everyone else, apparently. Yeah. So do you... So is uh, Hazard our new... Is he our depth at left back? Or do you <laughs> I mean, 
people have been saying for a while that he does well at left wing back for Belgium. I, I just didn't know he could sit. I think that was even more of a left back than a left wing back or left mid against City. I mean, he was he was yeah. sitting up back a lot deeper to provide that support and defense, and and he did just that. I mean, he did his job. Everyone against City did their job. And the positive to playing a left, it's like if he can hold up defensively, but you look at him and Adeyemi, like the positive of them being able to actually play defensively, it's like they also give you a lot more going forward mm-hmm. in their their pace and uh in those transition plays, like they're great to have. So maybe they're they're not necessarily like no, we're not going to play Adiyemi at right back. Probably not going to play Hazard at left back <laughs> a lot, or if ever. But in that time, they were able, they were able to step up defensively. It was also gave us a good option going forward too. Yeah, and it, the first twenty minutes, I was honestly really skeptical of Adiyemi. I was like, oh, I don't even know if he's the kid's going to make it till uh, this uh, this second half so far of the, the performance that he's putting on. But I mean, he really stepped up those last. 60 or so minutes of the game and you know grew into the game really really well i think it was one of his it ended up being one of his better performances so far this season yeah quick shout out to chris who did ask uh if we could brag about and show some praise to audiami and the hazard and i think i mean we just did it and we also yeah. did it earlier in the episode too um was there any other twitter question we might have kind of hit everything i will give a shout out to any listeners in kansas city so this actually came from brian who's a uh, Frankfurt supporter, and I think he does a Frankfurt podcast, but he reached out and said, anyone coming to Kansas City to Casey Bierko to watch uh, with the Kansas City supporters group? Because uh, apparently Bundesliga, they're going to send a Bundesliga camera crew out there to Casey Bierko. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to all the guys in Kansas City and everyone who listens there. Uh, make sure you get out there this weekend for that watch party, especially if the camera's going to be there. So, Yeah, absolutely. And Casey Bierko does make a Dortmunder beer. Mm-hmm. So go drink mm-hmm. a lot of Dortmunder. And right I guess right before we jump into our predictions for Frankfurt, I also wanted to just give a quick Hilaire update. This really oh, caught yeah. me off guard yeah. today in, in a good way. In a good way. Uh, this is reported by Kicker, who said Sebastian Hilaire trained on the pitch again on Tuesday. As he is in the Netherlands for his rehab, he asked Ajax if he could come on to training there. Ajax coach said uh, that would be okay. And uh, he trained on a side pitch of the Ajax club ground. I mean, that's arguably the best news of the day out of anything else, in, in my opinion. I mean, I had no idea his recovery process would allow him to even see the pitch within months and even the same year as his diagnosis. So, yeah. I mean, obviously wishing him nothing but the best and uh, keep his momentum going and hopefully be at optimal health very soon. And then we can finally start talking about seeing himself in a Dortmund kit. Yeah, it's it's exciting. And it's not not just at the prospect of, Seeing him, him play playing football. for us, yeah. but just as like a, the human mm-hmm. aspect of it, it's so cool. And I, I've mentioned it before. I'm a big Australian rules football fan, mm-hmm. um, and there's a player who, like the club, this club that I support in Australia, um, they had a player at the end of last season. Um, his season got cut short because he had a like a cancer uh, diagnosis, and I think this was this wasn't the first time. But so literally in the off season, he did chemo, mm-hmm. went through like recovery and therapy and everything, and then. Somehow, like even the the co- they like brought in a new coach in the off season, and the coach was like, "Yeah, they just kind of ri- wrote him off mm-hmm. as far as someone who who's going to be an option." And because he's been one of our starters before, like an all Australian, like one of the best guys in the league, and then came back, played the first game of the year, played the entire season, had one of the best seasons of his life, like of the, one of the best players, not only for our team, but like he made mm-hmm. all Australian again. And I'm not saying this because I'm like, get ready for all air to come back. Um, and have a a great season, and do wonderful things, but just the human element and yeah. like to see that, like they put out a video recently, which is why I'm talking about it again. And like I like cried watching it because it's just so cool. And 
Um, it's really inspiring. And yeah. again, I'm really, I, I had no idea that he was going to be seeing the field so soon. And I'm, I'm very happy for him. He seems like he's always been in positive spirits from what little quotes that up from I seen uh, from his girlfriend or wife. I'm not sure if, if it's one of the two, but you know, he's spending a lot of time with his kids. So, I mean, not all hope is lost. It looks, things are very much looking up. And the board has always, from the very beginning, wanting to wanting him to have the very best treatment possible. So, you know, we're setting him up for success here. Yeah. Um, so real quick, you want to do predictions for this weekend? Yeah. So usually, like I said, this season, it's been tough for us to gain some momentum. And I think maybe this, I'm hoping I'm not wrong, but I think that this is gonna, maybe going to be the turning point in that sense. Got three clean sheets in a row now and three different competitions, Pokal, Bundesliga, and Champions League. Had two big wins in a row in the Bundesliga and Champions League, and I think we can go away now to Frankfurt, have a little bit more. We have Wolf back. Guerrero is hopefully going to be back. I mean, the, the squad's growing slowly but surely, and I think we can get a result here, and I'm, I'm going for a 2-1 win. All right, all right. I I feel like this potential momentum is different than what we've seen mm-hmm. before. Like I, I feel like we've had... We've seen a, a good result and then like an okay one or one where like, uh, not as best, but like we kind of pulled out the result. But this seems like, this seems different just because Two it's, arguably of our best performances in like the last several or eight months, you know? Exactly. And you would like to think, I mean, it's Dortmund. We could be really sad next week, which is what I was kind of expecting this week. Um, but it, yeah, it, it feels like just from the player standpoint, like this is something that shifts, that mm-hmm. gives you a little more of a shift and kind of kicks you into gear and can really start the season like that I hear I watch a lot of Premier League so that's what like every week if Liverpool does they have not had a great start so if they do something remotely good they're like oh this can be a good kick kick start to the season of course they say it in a British accent not whatever I just said it like um but (laughs) but it it is it is good these are two great results in a row and so hopefully we can kind of piece things together and just after this game and seeing how excited everyone was I think I, there was a couple videos of Hummels got man of the match in that game. So he's taking the photo with his trophy and he's like yelling at Jude because he says something like, Jude, you have like 20 of these this is my first one. And then you see like Adeyemi just standing there like on the side, like clapping. Yeah. Like I think like the camaraderie we've been seeing this season and just like how this team is gelled, it, it seems so solid and really cool. And I think that's one thing we, we talked about a lot last year was <laughs> – it's just a bunch of like individuals who aren't really playing for each other and just are out there trying to do their own thing. And I don't know the, the camaraderie and the unity of this team is seems really cool. So hopefully they can push on. And I, before we started talking today, my thought was a one-to-one draw because it one, one draw, it is a way we're at Frankfurt uh, Saturday, 1230 Eastern time is the kickoff. And my original thought was one, one draw, but after talking and getting more hype talking to you, I'll go with the two, one, one. And I'd, I also just lastly, I wanted to take a step back and say that, you know, Terzik, when he was first appointed as an interim manager, and we had stumbles at the beginning as well. If you go back uh, towards the January of the year he was hired, I mean, we had, we drew, we drew against Mainz. We had two losses in a row in Leverkusen and Gladbach. And then a loss right after that, after I think only two wins against Augsburg and Paderborn. So not hard wins or not difficult matches, really. Then we started to pick up some momentum towards the spring. And then by that time, we're having, I think we had a spell towards April and May where we had one, at least six wins in a row. So I, I think Terzik, again, just needed time. I've said before, I'm hoping he's taking the time off the pitch to learn from his tactical mishaps and 
mistakes with his decision making for you know subs and switching of shape towards the end of the game. But hopefully, this is the time where he's slowly starting to make things click again, and we can hit the ground running and hopefully have a healthy, long, fun, exciting, and uh, awesome second half of the season here. Yeah. Uh, so again, we have uh, we're going to Frankfurt on Saturday, and then next Wednesday last Champions League game of the group stage against Copenhagen. Obviously, we're already qualified, so maybe we'll see a lot of rest there. Obviously, it'd be nice to just get a good result and a yeah. win. That's also an away game, so we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes, and we'll be back after that episode two is when we're going to be back, so... Yeah, uh, and and uh, if I haven't mentioned, I have mentioned already a few weeks back, but we have some really fun guests lined up this next few weeks that I will probably announce next week, and then in January as well, I already got some uh, good ideas for to have some even more people on. Uh, for the second half of the season. So please keep tuned in and thank you for tuning in if you have already. Yep. And you can find uh, Twitter, Instagram, all of that uh, at the link or with the links in the description of this episode. You can also head to our website, the bvbpodcast.com. If you haven't already, uh, I don't know if we've solicited this before, but if you want to share the podcast with anyone, if you have a friend who's uh, you watch Dortmund with or just another Dortmund supporter, you know, share the podcast with them, let them know. If you want to leave us a nice five star review, that would be fantastic too. Thank you. Yeah. And uh on the, yeah, besides that, that that's it. That's all we got. So we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. See ya.